Thank you for joining me, Mark. Yeah, it's great to be with you, Vic. So what is a child tax credit, and how has this tax shifted on the federal and state level in the last couple of years? Yeah, so a child tax credit is simply a tax credit toward a taxpayer, tax filer's income tax liability that they can claim for a given tax year. As many of your listeners are may be aware, we do have a federal child tax credit that is available for households with you know minor children to be able to claim on their federal income taxes. And then our report kind of looked at the growing trend of more and more states that have begun to adopt child tax credits for their state income taxes. Wisconsin at this point in time does not have a state child tax credit. At the federal level, the child tax credit is partially refundable, which means that there is some share of that that can be given back to you know individual tax filers that qualify for it but may not have enough tax liability that it would just be you know a reduction in their actual tax liability. They can actually get a portion of it as a tax refund. And then the refundability question is one that different states have tackled differently with their state-level child tax credits. Some have made their child tax credits fully refundable. Others have not. So that's kind of something that varies from one state to another. But we can talk a little bit about some of the differences between what different states have done. So I believe your report mentions that there was an expansion to the child tax credit that ended in 2021. And this may have prompted this national trend. So I think there was a variety of things that probably have influenced the increasing number of states that are adopting child tax credits. I do think that one factor most likely was the fact that as part of the American Rescue Plan Act, shortly after President Biden took office, that he signed, you know, that was sort of a pandemic relief piece of legislation. And part of that did expand the federal child tax credit just for one year only. But it did seem to kind of, you know, raise visibility of the child tax credit as a sort of you know, mechanism to target tax relief toward families with children. And so, you know, I think that was one piece, but I think there were some other factors, too. We certainly have seen rising inflation that has been, you know, really having an impact on a lot of family budgets. We've seen rising costs for child care that a lot of families have been dealing with and are, you know, maybe familiar with if they're paying a child care provider. And then I would say the last factor that we can't overlook here was that there was kind of an unusual set of circumstances around 2021, 22, where a lot of states actually had budget surpluses. I mean, if you follow sort of state budgets, that's not a typical state of affairs. More often than not, states are looking at deficits, right? What do we what do we have to cut spending? Are we going to have to increase taxes? But due to a variety of factors in this period from kind of 21, 22, somewhat into 2023, we actually had a lot of states that had budget surpluses. And in the case of some of these states that we feature in our report, they decided to take some portion of their surplus and put it toward either creating a new child tax credit or expanding the child tax credit that they already had in place. Can you walk us through a couple examples? I know you mentioned that Minnesota's is most aggressive. There is a lot of variety in what different states have done. And it's just kind of a reminder that when it comes to tax policy and tax credits, it's really up to lawmakers and policymakers in terms of how they want to structure these things, who they're trying to benefit, how generous the tax credit is going to be, you know, just to give you kind of a sense of the scope here. I mean, we have a child tax credit in New Mexico that can be as little as $75 per child. 
to Minnesota, where the child tax credit that they recently adopted and put into law is $17.50 per child. So it's a big you know, difference between those two. And we have a lot of states that fall somewhere in the middle between those $2 amounts. In the case of Minnesota, Minnesota, as I said, $17.50 per child, their tax credit is fully refundable. So if the tax filer does not have enough tax liability to actually be able to claim that as a credit, uh, they can receive potentially all or part of that as a tax refund. Most states have some sort of income limit. So if, if the tax filer earns above a certain amount, you know, they're no longer eligible for the tax credit. In many cases, if they earn less than that cutoff, but above a certain threshold, they may get like a portion of the tax credit. So not the full amount, but they may qualify for half or whatever, you know, share of the total credit amount. So that's another really common thing that we see a lot of states uh, doing. Here in Wisconsin, Governor Evers is prioritizing the child care crisis, while legislative leaders are advocating for a number of tax cuts. How much money would the average family save if they're getting a child tax cut here in Wisconsin, and could it offset child care expenses? That really would be up to policymakers in terms of how much tax relief families would see. I think that, you know, you, you kind of hit the nail on the head and that Governor Evers has really been, you know, emphasizing the child care crisis. I know he did that again just this week in his State of the State address. We know he's concerned uh, just with the lack of both access and affordability of child care in a lot of communities throughout the state. We know that the Republican legislature is really prioritizing cutting taxes. And the legislature actually did pass here earlier this year a child independent care tax credit, which would have been a tax credit specifically for child care and dependent care costs. And the governor did veto that bill. You know, we know that there is some interest in the legislature in targeting tax relief toward families with children, families that are dealing with child care costs. And so that combined with the kind of growing trend of more states adopting child tax credits, including our neighbors to the West in Minnesota, was kind of part of what made us want to highlight this issue in our recent report. Say that Wisconsin does implement a child tax credit, how would it potentially affect the state's coffers? Again, that would really boil down to where in this broad continuum policymakers decided to go in terms of the credit amounts, the age of the child and the household income eligibility limits. There's a pretty wide spectrum that they could fall into there. The smallest budget impact of any of the states that we looked at was Utah. Their child tax credit's costing them about $9.6 million a year. That's in large part because their credit is, is not especially generous. It's $1,000 per child, which is a fairly large amount, but tax filers are only eligible to claim children under the age of four. Very narrow age range there. And also their credit is not refundable. So that also eliminates some people that would potentially be eligible for it. So that's kind of the lower end. At the top end, we see a couple of states, Minnesota and New York. Uh, New York, of course, being one of the largest states, uh, that's part of the reason that their tax credit just has a larger price tag because there are so many people claiming it. Theirs is costing their state budget about $780 million annually. Uh, the one that Minnesota just adopted, and maybe a little better example for us here in Wisconsin because Minnesota is a pretty comparably sized state to Wisconsin, their child tax credit is costing about $400 million a year estimated. Those were estimates that were before the actual credit was adopted. So just caveat, it could be more or less than that, but that's what their budget folks did estimate for the cost of theirs. And keep in mind that that is a very generous tax credit. So I think if you were to look at these numbers for a lot of other states, it would certainly be less than $400 million. In most cases, quite a bit less, but that's what the cost would be over in Minnesota. All right. I think that covers all of my questions, but is there anything else you'd cool. like to share? The other thing that we didn't talk about that I wouldn't say is the most important thing to keep in mind, but is something that is kind of 
lurking there in the background of this whole conversation, which is kind of our state's demographics. Like most Midwestern states, we face some real demographic headwinds here in Wisconsin. Our population is not declining, as we see in some of our neighboring states, like Illinois and Michigan, but it, it's not growing very rapidly at all. And there's a variety of reasons for that, one of which is definitely our, our declining birth rate. I don't think that many people would argue that you know providing a tax credit is going to really move the needle for families in terms of when they're thinking about family planning and things, but you know, it is certainly one piece of a larger puzzle that, you know, potentially could make a state a little more attractive place to raise a family. And so, again, I wouldn't say that that's the most important thing to think about, but it is something that's kind of in the background of a lot of these conversations. And maybe, again, sort of a secondary factor that may be encouraging some states to look at child tax credits, trying to think of ways to make their state a little more, a little easier and a little more attractive place to raise a family. Thank you again for agreeing to speak with me, Mark. Absolutely, Faye. It's always good uh, to join you. That was Mark Summerhauser, communications director and researcher with the Wisconsin Policy Forum.